Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle, it's John Lamoureux. Okay, I am so proud this finally happened. Our guest this week is Donnie Iris. This should have happened a long time ago, don't you think, guys? Who better to have on this show than the great Donnie Iris? Now, I think most people um, probably feel like they haven't heard from Donnie in a really long time. You know, those hits are still so strong and so good. But he put out one album about 15 years ago, as well as a Christmas album a couple years after that. But in general, I feel like we don't hear enough from Donnie. Well, guess what? That's because you probably don't live in Ohio or Pennsylvania because that guy still puts on, a, you know, another show or two every month and does really, really well. Sells out these big venues. He just knows that his bread and butter is in the Rust Belt. So that's where he goes. I'm so jealous. I'm going to have to make a pilgrimage over there so I can see a Donnie Irish show one of these days. Anyway, I thought it would be really interesting to catch up with Donnie and find out what's going on with him. And we had such a laugh. This is a really fun, lighthearted kind of interview because it's just us laughing a lot and chatting about what it's like for him to kind of be retired and live in the twilight, these twilight years and what he does to keep himself busy. He's in a very, very enviable position. And it's so nice to hear because if you don't hear from Donnie often enough, you don't know what's going on. But it turns out everything is great. Anyway, I'm really, really excited to hear from him and excited to share this conversation with all of you. Go to his website, by the way, and there are listings of upcoming shows. There's another one this month. There's one next month. They just keep happening. So, again, there's more to know about Donnie Iris, but if you're not paying close attention, it probably isn't on your radar. But I think everyone loves Donnie and wants to know more. This is that chance. This is a really fun, lighthearted conversation. He called me from his home in western Pennsylvania. So, first and foremost, it's funny. I have been... Uh, when I talked to Mark years ago, and I was saying, so what is Donnie, what's Donnie up to right now? He says, oh, he's probably playing golf. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <He's probably right>. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm imagining Donnie Iris out golfing every day with like a giant cigar, you know? <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's my, uh, that's my MO nowadays. Man. I, get I get it. And, uh, and so, and I'm just imagining you just indulging in the retired life, just doing exactly <laughs> what you want, smoking the cigars, having a beer at the, you know, the golf club or whatever. But yeah, Mark, yeah. And then doing an occasional gig. Heck yeah. There, that's well. it. So Mark <laughs> sent me this email last night and he was like, just so you know, and he, he lists off all these shows that you've either played recently or have coming up. And they're all like 14 to 1800 people venues. Yeah. 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 They're great shows, uh, mainly around Pittsburgh and Cleveland, but they are great places to play. The MGM in Cleveland uh, the Palace in Greensburg, PA. Uh, let's see, where else? And we played a place called the Roxy in, in McKee's Rocks the other night. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a great place to play, too. Just really cool venues. I'm loving it. <laughs> what a life you must have. And it's so interesting to me. I want to get deeper into this. But when I think about Donnie Iris, and I think mm -hmm. a lot of your fans do, I think we think about what should have been in some ways, you know? Just yeah, enough yeah. success for you to be probably hopeful, but not enough success to put you over the top where we feel you deserve to have been uh, all along. 
And so, (laughs) you know what I mean? But now you're showing all of us like, hey, I get to be retired, play the occasional gig. Thousands Uh of people come. I play golf all day. I am fine. You know what I mean? That's how I imagine it. Oh, yeah. I'm a happy man, John. Good. I'm doing exactly what I'd love to be doing. I couldn't have planned it out any better, really. That is crazy. In fact, getting ready to talk to you, uh, we'll get into some of the minutiae of songs and albums here in a second, but I was Googling you, and I guess in Elwood City, Pennsylvania, February, tw- February 28th is Donnie Iris Day. Is that right? Uh, gee, I, I don't know. Uh, they, I they, saw it on YouTube. <laughs> you saw it on YouTube? Yeah. This guy, it was some presentation <laughs> ceremony. This old man, bless his heart, who didn't really, I don't think, knew who you were. But it, it was like you had your own wing in this museum or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thought- that's, that's, that is true. That is true in Elwood City. I don't know if they declared that Donnie Iris Day or not, but they oh. did a real nice thing for me, oh, several years back. Um, in the, uh, uh, the the museum that they have there of all the uh, Elwood City uh, people from years back, but it was great. It was it was a great uh, it was a great honor. It really was. That is wild. Yeah. So here I am, a fan of yours uh, in Denver, and uh-huh. to me, it's like, man, where the heck did, did Donnie Iris go? I've missed him. <laughs> I love his music. You don't hear it often enough. Turns oh. out, if you live somewhere between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, there's plenty of Di- Donnie Iris out there. Um, oh, there's new albums yeah. coming. There's plenty of shows. You know your your market, and you hit it well. Yeah, I, it's uh, I enjoy it. I really do. I don't have to do a whole lot of heavy traveling or anything like that. Although I did do a uh, a spot thing down in Florida not too long ago, mm. and, uh, and that was a uh, was a good time. We had like. Uh, uh, I sat in with a band and did like three or four songs, and it was just a blast. And the weather was just incredible. Man. Yes. <laughs> Do you get offers to to tour more or to join like '80s nostalgia tours or stuff? And you yeah, they, and you turn them down because you're doing well, your thing. Um, I believe there was a couple of things that, uh, uh, and one might have been in the Dominican Republic. I can't Ooh, remember wow. for sure. Mark would know uh, yeah. because he was dealing with it more than I was. But um, yeah, once in a while we'll get uh, something like that. But uh, normally we're, we're pretty much uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh and yeah. Akron and Canton and you know places. It, it is. It's great. It, it really is. It's, it seems that that those that Cleveland and Pittsburgh are the core cities for us. Yeah. It seems like it ho- always has been. But we're enjoying it, man. We love getting back up there and playing for people uh, because we don't do it that much. You yeah, know, it's not yeah. like a chore or something that you, you – it's something we truly look forward to every time there's yeah. a gig land. That's wild. So yeah. I – you know, and it, your situation reminds me of what the music industry was like back in, like, the 70s. Because, yeah. for instance, I had a guy on here. You might know him. His name was Rich Spina, and he was from Cleveland, and he was in a band called Love Affair – out of the Cleveland area in the I early do remember, 80s. But I do remember the love affair thing, but I don't know him, I don't think. Okay, okay. So he was on here on the podcast too, and he was telling me about those early days where love affair was big in Ohio and parts of Pennsylvania and parts of Florida, just kind of like what you just outlined. Mm-hmm. And so they would, before they even had an album out, 
they were playing shows, local shows in local bars and venues, yeah. selling out hundreds of tickets, making a really decent living. And that's not really how the music industry is built anymore, you know? No, but no, you are able to take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. I mean, the the uh, the shows are, are packed. Um, the venues are great, just like we talked about. And, wow. and we're really enjoying it because... And my voice, I mean, I can't... I mean, <laughs> back in the 80s, I could do these shows three or four nights a week, but not uh-huh. anymore, man. And that's why it's so cool because I get plenty of rest between shows. Yes, that's perfect. And let's be honest, Donnie, no one screams quite like you. And so you're you're almost seventy nine years old. We need you to be able to still scream. So oh yeah, I'm glad you get to do this. Yeah, it's it's a blessing, really, to just still be able to go out there and do what I do. It really is. It's like. Uh, Oh man, it, it's and it still feels great getting out there. I'm sure. having uh, but very little problems at all with my voice as long as I take time between gigs. Good. So, yeah, so it's great. And your health is good. Yeah, man. I had COVID, but I had no symptoms. Uh, mm. <laughs> no symptoms. You, got, you lucked out. Yeah. It was. Good. I did. I did get my shots too, so I'm good, good to go. Good. My parents both got it. My mom had the really mellow kind where she lost her smell and taste and my dad died and uh from it and it's so it's you just don't know but get the shots if nothing else it's the safest bet it's not perfect but it's better than the alternative you know yes it is yes it is yeah Uh, yeah, i mean and all the live nation shows in order in order for us to do a live nation show we have to be vaccinated good Good. yeah you you don't play unless you have the vaccine Good. It should be that way. Uh, yeah. Now, I want to – we touch on here sensitively the business side of things. And when I – we joke about you playing – being retired and playing golf every day. But, you know, that's – I'm i curious. I know that it's somewhere along the way, I think in the 90s, you started a brokerage company. And, yeah. Or mortgage broker company. Right. Is part of your retirement the cushion – does that come from having sold that business or is it music-related royalties because Aliyah shows up here and there or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's still music uh, uh, royalties that, uh, that that we sold the company years ago. Okay. So, yeah, so that, that's been way, way, way a long time ago. So it's okay. music royalties and gigs that, uh, that, are, that are keeping me going. That is great. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. See, that's the reason I'm harping on this. Like I said, uh, when I think of you, I think of a diehard fan base who wishes Donnie Iris had had more hits. But at yeah. the end of the day, your life was just as good as it might have been had you had more hits. Yeah, so yeah. It all it, evens out. Who cares? Yeah, it, it does. It's all relative, too. I mean, you can yeah. have, you know what I mean? It's just. Yes, like, I do. Yeah, so it's been great. It really has, man. I good. can't complain one bit. Good. Okay, something I else that I was curious about in relation to you, and so we have some Patreon supporters, and when I let them know that I was talking with you, a few people provided some questions. One of them was from a listener named Kevin Wench, and I had a similar question, which is that there aren't a lot of Donnie Iris videos. And mm-hmm. for you to have been as kind of humorous and colorful and magnetic as you were back in the early 80s, your career is beginning just as MTV is beginning. Why are there not? Why was there not more attention paid to breaking you on MTV with really great videos? Something like Huey Lewis in the News. Uh, a good question, man. I don't know how that happened. 
the only videos I think that we did were um, besides the live show that we did in Cleveland at Blossom uh, was Do You Compute, mm -hmm. uh, Leah, Agnes. Agnes was done a video also, but I never saw that come up very yeah. much. I think that was it. I know. And the reason for it, I have no clue. Is this a label thing where they're just not getting behind you enough? They're not I believing in you? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know either, man. I just don't know. It's, it was like uh, when MTV first came out, I mean, we were all over the place with that. Yeah. So, and then, uh, but then they, they, they just didn't do any videos for some reason. And I think Mark would know more about the label mm -hmm. thing because we uh, we were dropped from MCA not, uh, I would say, maybe two years after mm. uh, we were signed. So at that point, you know, we were just maybe doing gigs and stuff like that and not really having anybody behind us to do videos or anything like that. That's, that's a shame, that man. Yeah, yeah. That, that was just... It's one of those things, man. You just you don't know what's going to happen along yeah. the way. Yeah. You don't. You don't know. There's a, I, it's a real missed opportunity. Like I said, I think your your sense of humor would have with people like Huey Lewis or Phil Collins or David Lee Roth or these other people who yeah could rock but also had a presence on screen and a wink and a smile and they're <laughs> capitalizing on this. If anyone should have been able to do that, it should have been you as well. There's not even video for Love Is Like a Rock.
And it's oh, definitely yes. the biggest hits. You're it's right. Fun. There should have been a video for that one, for sure, man. Yeah. But never materialized. I don't know Weird. why, John. I just don't Weird. know why. Who knows? So, I'm curious, too, Donnie, while this is going on. So Back on the Streets comes out. It yeah. does well. King Cool, which I think is probably my favorite Donnie yeah. Iris album in, in, yeah. in its entirety. Yeah. Um, that does pretty well, but nothing's quite, you know, going top 20, really, or breaking right. out. Are you, while this is happening, how are you feeling? Are you thinking to yourself, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I can sh- sell out some shows. I'd get some airplay. Yeah, and we frustrated at all that it's not getting bigger. Well, the thing was, we had uh, the 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 top uh, hit that we had on uh, uh, as far as the uh, charts were concerned was actually "My Girl." That's true. Yeah, that, yeah, from the from the King Cool album. might have got to number 29 or something. It did. My girl was 25. Yeah, yeah. And I think it might have even been higher, man. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, and Love is Like a Rock, I'm not sure where that one ended up. According Uh, to Wikipedia, 37. Oh, okay. (laughs) You've had three top 40 hits, according to Wikipedia. (laughs) Okay, that's that's fine, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a ride. It sure has been. Man. Yeah, and it's taken off again, man. We're just uh, yes. just glad we can still do it, and the fans are still out there. Yeah, so, uh, I have no regrets, John. None at all. I, I I'm glad. I feel like you're one of those artists too that thankfully has only gotten a little bit bigger as the years have gone on. I yeah. feel like younger generations are discovering songs like Aaliyah yeah. and realizing how great they are, and so where they may have kind of come and gone there for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's still not huge, but it's enough where people are like, I love that song. Who sings that? Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Right. That exactly. happens more often now. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, I am curious too. So the third album, the high and, and the mighty comes out. That yeah. one is really good, but it's short. And I wondered if that, if you were sort of like forced to rush that one out, it was only eight songs. It's like 31 minutes long. All solid, of course. But what was the context of creating that album? Well, and that one was, I don't know. I think after, you know, after settling the lawsuit on uh, uh, yeah. Leah and all that, uh, you know, that through the second album, it was it was kind of a cloud over our te- over our heads, but not that not that 
bad until we actually went to court. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that really did affect that uh, uh, th- that uh, High and the Mighty album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then anything after that, you know, it's just like we were back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I mean, we kept writing and we kept uh, making records. And, uh, you know, if something was going to hit, it was going to hit. If not, then, uh, then so be it. Yeah, but, uh, but we never got to a point. I mean, during the, the the High and the Mighty album, that was probably the one where we were were most despondent, if you want mm-hmm. to use the word. But that. after that, after that, we uh, we just said, okay, let's just uh, you know put our nose to the grindstone mm-hmm. and write some songs and see what happens. Yeah, and then there were some good tunes after that. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. uh, but nothing ever hit. Never really had any backing from record companies following that. So frustrating. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of frustrating. But we were always happy in the studio, still creating stuff. Mm. We were always happy, still going out and being able to play. So you know, as far as yeah. as far as that goes, we were fortunate. Because okay. other bands, I think, would have just broke up and just said, okay, let's pack it in. Yeah, but I wonder never, that, too. Yeah, we never did that. We just kept going. Okay. I wondered, um, I've heard good and bad things over the years about MCA. In fact, yeah. I think some people say, like, musical cemetery of America is what MCA <laughs> stands for, or something like that. Or they weren't good at breaking <laughs> rock bands, um, yes. maybe other pop artists, but not a rock artist. Did yeah, you experience that too. Well, I, I guess so because uh, uh, I've heard so many stories, just mm-hmm. like you're, you're saying right now. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I personally didn't realize it all that much because, like I said, we were busy uh, mm-hmm. writing tunes and playing, and uh, you know, once once uh, MCA dropped us, and we just thought, okay, well, we'll just move on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I have heard many stories about MCA mm-hmm. being that kind of a label. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, when you're touring, who are you headlining? Who are you touring with? What kind of response are you seeing? Well, we, uh, we the first show we did after COVID was in Youngstown, mm. uh, Youngstown, Ohio, and opening for Sticks. Oh, yeah. And they were phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. They were just phenomenal and uh but that was the first gig we had coming back it was a short gig like a one hour set or something mm-hmm. but uh but uh, that's that started us back out after covid and um you know we're just like mm-hmm. uh doing mainly mainly uh headlining gigs now okay so okay. there's no tour there's no openers other than that stick show Sure. Okay. Yeah. Back in the day, were you touring with, uh, I don't know who, were you opening for yeah. Huey Lewis yeah. or Greg Kinn or yeah, we Toto shows, or what were you we, doing? We did shows with Huey. We did shows okay. with, um, we, I think the longest tour we did was with uh, Loverboy. Oh, fun. Yeah, they were great Canadians, man. <laughs> good, yeah. good dudes. Um, yeah. We did some, a lot of shows with the Romantics. Mm, uh, another perfect did, film. Yeah, good, good group. And yeah. then, and then we did a tour with the Hall and Oates too. We opened for them. Oh, I forget what what years that would have been. Probably like eighty four, eighty five, something like yes. that. Yeah. So yeah, we opened for a bunch of different uh, different bands. That uh, makes sense. But those okay. are the ones I uh, remember most. 
Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes I, I love Hall and Oates. So the oh, Philly guys can, and the Pittsburgh guys. Oh guys yeah, make yeah. They, sense. Yeah, they were they were awesome on stage. Yeah. They're all just things, man. Oh, the, boy, no. the dude can just sing. No kidding, <laughs> no kidding. So was there ever a time like when, when after No Must No Fuss, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of a break. It's about yeah. ten years. What do you do in that break? Is there ever a point where Donny Iris wakes up one day? I know the mortgage company, so maybe this is it, where you think, I just, I'm not going to be able to make it as a musician anymore. I got to do something else. Did yeah, you have yeah. that moment? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, after, uh, after there were no more records and, uh, you know, we were just kind of like, Mark went to, uh, went to school for, uh, uh, to be a lawyer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, everybody kind of like started doing different things. And uh, and somehow I got into the mortgage business. But I don't know how, but it, it did happen. <laughs> but during that period of time, after we sold the the company, um, we we just started getting more shows. People were calling to to book the band again, and and that's what we've been doing. I mean, we're not even thinking about going back into the studio to do anything mm-hmm. at this point. We just want to get out and play again. Yeah. And yeah. uh, there's some good shows booked, and we're looking forward to just live shows. And uh, That's great. That's about it, man. Yeah. You, uh, Mark, I, I didn't even know about this album until getting ready to talk to you because I'm more familiar with the early stuff. Elwood City is yeah. an album that came out, what, 10 years ago? Something like that? Yeah, so there something is like newer Donny Irish music out there. but it's there yeah i mean i don't know what the i can't remember what the label was but uh you know we just thought okay let's just go in and do keep recording and, and yeah. doing stuff and there yeah. were some there were some nice tunes on that album too but yeah nobody i mean there wasn't any um uh, nothing behind it to really like okay get it on the radio or anything but yeah. we did we did have some success with a christmas album that we did now, yeah. that would have been maybe 10 years ago. Right. So, so Elwood City might have been like 15 years ago. Oh, okay. Something, something I might like have the dates wrong. Okay. But, but the Christmas album, we were real proud of that one. I mean, we just uh, we did some really cool things, I thought. And same with Mark. I mean, we spent a lot. We spent the summer 
just doing Christmas songs. Which That's, is great. So weird. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Alleluia, of course, yeah. is what it's called. You know, yep. perfect yep. name. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't heard it, man, check out some of the tunes. It's uh, it, it's I pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I'm speaking of checking out tunes, Donnie. This is something that's kind of frustrating. First of all, I should say your albums, especially those first four, have always been sort of difficult to find. And they only, my understanding, recently got put out on CD. I still collect CDs, so that's still what matters to me. But I think just a couple of months ago, they were released yeah. on CD finally. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, they did release, uh, I forget the name of the company, but they were released on CDs, which, by the way, is probably going to happen just like vinyl did. Yeah. You know, people are going to start collecting CDs again. I already know like, a lot of people that are looking mm-hmm. for CDs everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, me too. I, things just, these trends just go round and round. Yeah. And I've yeah. never. I uh, I would go broke if I started investing in vinyl, so I stick with CDs. And so I still want the thing, like I can listen to in the car, you know. And yeah, right. Yeah. Thankfully, your exactly. stuff is out on CD, so I got to buy all this. However, none, almost nothing is on Spotify. You know why? I do not. I do not know why. I don't know if there's a connection there that we'd have to get a hold of to get our stuff Maybe. on there, but uh, I don't know. I'll yeah, have to, okay. I'll have to look into that. I yeah. don't know why. Only one of your greatest hits CDs is on there, which I also own. And um, but that's it. So if you want to hear all the old albums, they, thankfully they've all been. I don't know if you care or not. Thankfully for me, they've all been ripped on YouTube. So I just listen to them on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah, that's where you'll find them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to check and out again, I wanted, and and oh. again. That's why people are going to start collecting CDs again because yeah. you're only going to hear a certain few of the, the tunes from the CD, that's right? And uh, you're not going to be able to hear the whole album. Uh, that's right. And this or that. Yeah. 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 It's true. That's why I think these things are going to go in cycles. Eventually, people are going to the vinyl's going to wear out, and CDs are going to yep. come back. And yep. I even hear cassettes are coming back. I don't even. I couldn't play one if I had it. <laughs> You know, but there are people who do cassettes now. So anyway, who knows? That's um, hilarious. <laughs> we should clarify. You mentioned uh, Mark going back to school to be a lawyer. That's yeah. part. I think that's kind of an integral part of your story and his, obviously, especially. Reduce this down for us. My understanding, if I remember correctly from talking with him six years ago, is that somebody 
sued you for plagiarizing their song with Aliyah. Right, it was such right. an obvious uh, cash grab and not a legitimate case. Right. That right. through it all, though, I believe, Mark, this is what sparked Mark to go on and become a lawyer that's to be exactly able to fight right. this case. Is that that's right? Ex- that's exactly why he went to school to do that, because during these during the trial of uh, of uh, of us and and probably for so many others, it was just like, you know, somebody just trying to make some cash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and thinking that whoever it was would probably never get to court and they would just settle for a, a huge amount of money or whatever. But we weren't in a position to do that. man. We didn't yeah. have any money. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. So we had to go to court. And, uh, of course, we won the case. I don't think it ever did get to the jury. Mm, okay. and, uh, yeah. So it was pretty much dismissed. Uh, okay. But after two weeks in, in the courtroom, you know. Yeah, Just by that point, you that. still sunk a lot of money in legal fees. I guess. Exactly, man. Yeah, Most of yeah. the money that we were had coming from uh, from the first two albums basically were spent for, for court costs and uh, uh, ex, uh, in quotations, expert yes. witnesses. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was crazy, man. It yes. was crazy bad for us at that time. Yeah, that can't have been easy at the time when you are, you know, supposed to be kind of at your height and enjoying what success you're getting to be bogged exactly. down in the fog exactly. of this legal thing that won't go away. Exactly. What a black cloud. It you know? was. It was a total black cloud. And and others that were going on just about at the same time were Michael Jackson and the Bee Gees. Mm. I don't know if you mm. remember that or not. Mm. But they were taken to court for, for, for some crazy crap yeah. like that, too. Yeah. So, and to have it all just be such an obvious uh, shakedown. It's not, there's no legitimacy to this case, but they're going to, yeah. you know, bleed you dry in the process, whether they win yeah. or not. Right, so, right. Yeah, right. Frustrating. Yeah, it was um, frustrating. Do you, um, what are some of your favorite memories from back in those early days? As things are, you know, you leave the Jaggers, the rapper obviously is a huge hit. Yeah, and there's wild cherry period in there for a little while. That yeah. I can see it's where you and Mark get to know each other better. Yeah, and then you venture yeah. off on your own. Right. Tell me some stories from back in the day. Did you meet any heroes? Did you did you have any crazy experiences? I, I don't know. Tell me about it. Well, I tell you what. You know, we uh, hooking up with Mark and Wild Cherry. We went on the road and had the had the best time, man. We were just yeah. like. We were going everywhere. We were flying everywhere and doing like, uh, uh, you know, just spot shows here and there. Mm-hmm. And it was just, we had so much fun. There was one week where we went to, I believe it was Albuquerque. And we had an entire week to spend there before the actual show opening for the OJs, I believe it was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yes. So we, we spent the entire week at poolside. <laughs> <laughs> that is the life working on our cans yes. <laughs> and those were some great days man yes. Mark and I and the guys in the band had just a great time man it was wonderful, that is and, wonderful. Uh, yeah and then of course you know being on the road for, with Hall and Oates and, and Loverboy and, and, and those those people everything yeah. was just like it, it was just 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 a great time as far as specific things it's hard to say because there were so many great moments out there yeah uh, yeah it was just okay. a, it, just a blast 
So I got to ask you, I'm going to ask kind of a personal question. I hope it's okay. If you, if you're not comfortable, I'll cut it out. When All I right. was listening back to the Jaggers album, yeah. it ends with this song, Wise Up, Why Dope, which is sort <laughs> of like an anti-drug anthem, you know? Kids, you don't need drugs. Right. And I'm, and I'm wondering, how well did Donnie take his own advice? You can oh, oh, yeah. I mean, answer we, that or not. No, we, it's not a problem at all. We just, uh, I mean, we had a period of time when we did a lot of weed, but that was about okay. it. Man. Oh, okay. I, got, I, did, I did do mescaline one time. Oh, wow. I, I don't know if you ever heard of that, but it was great. <laughs> Well, aren't drugs great? That's why people do them. <laughs> yeah. But that was about it, man. Every, uh, you know, we uh, never really did any hard drugs or anything like that. So I stayed okay. pretty clean. Good. Um, yeah. Good so. for you. Okay. There was another, uh, some of the Patreon supporters asked specifically about your relationship with Michael Stanley. Yeah. Anyone who grew up in that Rust Belt area, he was like a god over there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, some of us outside of that area know the name, know some songs, but weren't as, you know, raised with him and his music. What was your relationship with Michael Stanley like? Well, we did many, many shows with Michael and his That's band. Right. Uh, and basically, because he had the same management company as we did. Mike Belkin and uh, Belkin uh, Productions Management it was with with me and with Michael, mm-hmm. and so we were put put on a lot of shows together uh, throughout Cleveland for mm-hmm. for years for years, mm-hmm. uh, and up until um, up until last Christmas, really. Wow, we were doing shows at um, at the MGM in uh, in uh, where is that somewhere in Cleveland? Okay, um, yeah, for like uh, I don't know four or five years, right around Christmas wow. time. But it, but it goes back to the eighties, the early eighties, mm-hmm. when when Michael and I and our bands played together. But uh, he was a great guy. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he was loved in Cleveland, and uh, he was truly a uh, truly he sold out Blossom in Cleveland, which is wow. a big big place. Four four nights in a row, dude. Oh, four nights, eighty thousand freaking wow. people, eighty thousand freaking wow. People. Yeah, and nobody's done it since. I mean, it's just like he was, he was like, uh, like you said, he was a god in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Jeez. It, yeah. it's, it's sad that it didn't quite carry out throughout the rest of the country as much. You yeah, know? right, right, right. Yeah. I, um, around the same time that I talked to Mark, I also interviewed Jonah Coslin, and, yeah. uh, who obviously worked closely with uh, Michael and had that great band, Breathless, that Mark was in. Yeah. And um, similar story. I mean, Mark, Jonah still, my understanding is, I believe he lives in L.A. now, which doesn't make sense because he's so beloved back in Cleveland. And yeah. he goes back there and he'll perform like a Michael Stanley album mm-hmm. in its entirety in a show. And thousands of people come out for this. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know Jonah that well. I mean, obviously, Mark, did. he's in the same band with him. Sure. But I didn't. I didn't get to know him like uh, like uh, I would have liked to. Okay, I had another question for you. I was listening back to some of the more obscure Donny Iris stuff, and yes. you and Mark, before you really launched the Cruisers in your own solo thing, you yeah. do this disco song called "Bring On the Eighties." God, yeah, we did. <laughs> I like that song. In fact, Mark was really good at doing like disco and oh, he was yes, music he was. at that time. That cellar full of noise and everything. He yeah. was on top of it. But I was yeah. listening to Bring on the Eighties, and I thought, what if, what if <laughs> this song had taken off and the yeah. Johnny Iris we know of Alia <laughs> had become a disco diva? What if? <laughs> Yeah, that would have been something, man. I'd be, I'd be, you know, who's the band? Who's the band now uh, that's doing um, doing a disco album, a, a rock? Band. Uh, the Foo Fighters. The Foo did a Fighters, disco album man. Recently. And it's good. It's it is good. really good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, man. But that's that's nice to be in a position like that. We just go ahead and do whatever you sure. want. Sure. See what happens. <laughs> and millions of people laugh it up and care. Isn't that wild? Oh, I know, but I heard it, and it, it's so good. He, it really yeah, is. Yeah, he he had, he nailed it, man. He, he did. nailed it. Well, and the good thing about Dave is he just Dave Roll is he loves all kinds of music, and he performs hard rock, so that's what people think he's all about. But he loves exactly. everything. 
and he yeah, puts his heart into it, you know? Absolutely, absolutely man. I'm the same way. I'm, you know, yes. I like all kinds of music. Uh, I mean, I, I I could even see myself uh, doing country tunes, man. I, really? I, I, yeah, heck yeah. I would have no problem with that. Ooh. But yeah, I know. That's that's like probably a no-no with a lot of people. But that stuff is so popular. Oh, I love country, classic country music. You would yeah, be great yeah. at that, Donnie. Well, I, that would be fun, man. And and yeah. uh, a, a guy like Keith Urban, man, that dude is bad, man. Yeah. He's yeah. so good. It's so good. It's just, uh, there's so many good like uh, bands that can actually get out there and, and perform some of these tunes and really yeah. kill it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I do. I love all kind of music. Ooh, that'd be fun. You should just show up in some like tavern or pub or bar there in yeah. Elwood City and just <laughs> sing a bunch of country songs like <laughs> once a month. And that's your thing. That's how you get this, you know, you scratch that country itch. Yeah, <laughs> and they become this underground sensation. I would show up for that in a second. <laughs> you kidding? I would love it, man. Good. The problem is I'd have to learn a lot of songs. Yeah, I'm just not into that. <laughs> That's, that would be hard. That part would that, be hard. That would yeah. be hard. Yep. So but, the rapper. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about the rapper for a minute. This is obviously a number two hit, 1970. What I yeah. think is interesting is, I know that song, but I I didn't I've never paid attention. I'm not I'm not a lyrics guy. I'll be honest yeah. with you, Johnny. And right. I didn't pay I hadn't paid attention to the lyrics until getting ready to talk to you. Yeah. And the word the rapper obviously means something very different now. We think of yeah. you know Jay Z or Chuck D or something like that. Absolutely. But when you're singing about the rapper, are you singing about a guy who's just basically trying to get laid? Is that yeah, what this yeah. is? That's it, man. It's the guy that's just hitting on chicks. Yes. Yeah, no matter where he goes, he hits on somebody in a grocery store or whatever. And that's his rap. So <laughs> his, he, rap, his rap is just trying to hook up with everybody. Yeah, back in the day, if you were hitting on chicks, they, they really didn't call it hitting on them. It was called rapping. Yeah. Uh, the guy at the bar rapping to that chick over there. You know, that's that's how we looked at it. Uh -huh. and, and that's where that song came uh, came from. 
just watching these guys in bars or wherever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the song becomes a hit. We got turned down by I don't know how many record companies for that song. Really? And, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. How many, at least at least a half a dozen times, maybe more. But finally, Neil Bogart with Buddha Records. At the there time, you go. Say, yeah. He says, okay, we'll give this a shot. Our manager at the time knew Bogart pretty well. And he said, uh, you know, see see what happens. Give us give soon a shot. And sure enough, man, it just took off like a rocket. He, 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 I guess, knew what the heck he was, what he was doing. Neil was, a, uh-huh. he was a good guy, man. He was, he, he helped us. He helped us. Good. Yeah. It's interesting to me too, that you, your career begins and, but then takes off in two completely different eras. I mean, yeah. your first dose of success is not, it's months after Woodstock, but your solo success is at the height of like the new wave power pop of the early 80s. I mean, you saw yeah. both sides of the music industry at these completely different times. Absolutely, we did. Yeah, during the 70s and then the 80s. It was a totally different, uh, totally different way of looking at music and yeah. writing and everything else. Oh, oh, by the way, I wanted to tell you, on, the, on that album that the rapper was on, uh-huh. um, there, there was a, a very obscure tune on that album called Memoirs of the Traveler. There were at least a half a dozen to more rap groups that sampled the really? vocals that we had in that song and put them out. One of them was The Game. The Game is out yeah. of Los Angeles. Have you heard yeah. them? I yeah. remember The Game, sure. They did a song called uh, Letter to the King, which was about Martin Luther King, I guess. Uh-huh. And and he sampled the 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 uh, chorus section of Memoirs of the Traveler, and and uh, and put it in his record. And a guy, wow. a friend of mine, called me one day. He said, "Have you heard this?" <laughs> I said, "No, man. What are you talking about?" And I, I uh, you know, somehow got hold of it uh-huh. and listened to it. And sure enough, man, there were there were the Jaggers. Here we were singing in the words, singing on that tune. And then others put it out too, including Wiz Khalifa, who's from around really? here. Pittsburgh. Yeah. And and uh, like I said, I saw at least a half a dozen other different rap groups that used that section in their tune. It was incredible. incredible. Wow. How they ever found for that. you? 
How they ever found that is beyond me, other than the fact that if they saw the name The Rapper on oh. that album, they might have listened, uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe. That, that's right. the only way I can think they could ever find that, because nobody had ever heard that song. That is crazy. Yeah. So crazy. i got to so, ask, I mean, did you see any kind of, like, financial windfall from this? Yes. I don't even know how the business side works. Yes, did you, I you did. I did from the game, but nothing from anybody else. Mm, okay. So they, they, I don't know. Normally you have to, uh, you have to license that stuff when you use yeah. it on your own, you know, doing, uh, you know, doing something like that. But the game really did, uh, man up and do what they were supposed to do. The rest okay. of them, I, that I didn't see anything. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, when, uh, when, uh, I, I, who the heck was it that, that sampled something from, uh, from the from the Wild Cherry Band, uh, played on Q Music White Boy. They sampled that tune, didn't license it or didn't pay anybody. And Bob Parisi, the leader of the band uh, uh-huh. of that band, found out about it and took him to court. This and is Vanilla won, Ice, and he won a ton of money, man. Yes, he won so much money. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who the heck it was. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. Vanilla Ice. That's Back who in like it was. 1991. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah. I remember it well. Yeah. Uh, wild. Um, okay. I had one more question before I let you go about your solo career because I, when I listen back to No Muss, No Fuss, yeah. as we were saying, like no one quite screams like, uh, like Donny Iris, but yeah. I almost feel like that album, and maybe I'm way overthinking this. When I think of a song of yours that I really like, like Love, L O V E. Yeah. It feels almost more like you're using a different voice, more of like your natural your yeah. singing voice as opposed uh-huh. to an affected rock star screeching right. voice. Does that make any sense? Am I way off here? No, no, not at all. I mean, there were there were uh, a lot of tunes on that album that just by the way the the the, um, the title of the album just mm-hmm. was no must no fucks. We were just going to yeah. sing songs. And not try to do anything that we had uh, uh, that that would be expected mm-hmm. from uh, from listeners. So we just decided to just sing the songs and see what happens. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right on with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I noticed the different style to your singing on that album, and I yeah. wondered if that was conscious or if I was way overthinking this. No, so, no, no. You're, okay. you're exactly right. I got to ask you one other personal question. 
On so many of your album covers, you're smoking. Are you still a smoker? You're 79. You shouldn't be smoking. No, no. I gave up cigarettes a long time ago after almost okay. passing out on stage one night. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, I mean, boy. I used to smoke three packs of cigarettes a day, John, and oh, I'm, boy. Not, I'm not freaking exaggerating either. I believe it. Not at all. First thing I, believe I did it. when I got up in the morning was smoke a cigarette. Yeah. So I got away from cigarettes, but now I like cigars. But the difference yeah. is you don't inhale a cigar. That's you right. just blow smoke, and I haven't had a problem since losing good. the breath on stage or anything like that. So I'm good, I'm good to go, man. Good. If you're still going to – I'm glad to hear that because I, I assume that must be the case because if you're still out there performing at the level that you are, you yep. probably – your health would be terrible, I think, if you were still smoking three packs. Don't oh, you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it. There's no way. No way. Yeah, no way. Um, yeah. Oh, I thought of one more question for you, and I don't even know if you'll be able to answer this. I read this somewhere – I don't remember where. I'm probably on Wikipedia or something. But your drummer, Kevin, we should say, too, that most of the original band is still the guys who go out and perform all these shows. Yes. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's the real guys. Yes. Your drummer, Kevin Valentine, at one point was in a band with Trent Reznor. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yes, he was. He was a, uh, Trent Reznor, and so was the bass player that used to be with us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they they were with him for uh, I forget what the name of that band was, but uh, it was called The Innocent, and I think it. it was before Nine Inch Nails. So this yes, is early was. Trent Reznor. Early Trent Reznor, that's correct. was with them yeah and kevin did some things with kiss too i think really yeah i'm pretty sure yeah wow. we should say kevin i believe according to mark does music for things like better call saul and ozark in yeah, la he, he does edit uh, sound editing or sound wow. mixing or something okay for for a bunch of tv shows that's great good for him know, yeah including that good for him talk about what if you know, yeah. if he had gone disco or if he had taken <laughs> off the trend, weird. But anyway. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's yeah. weird. The whole business is weird. It is. But you won, Donnie. That's, I, I'm just so <laughs> grateful for you talking to me because I love these stories of, like, triumph, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I got dicked around back in the day and my career was messy. Guess yep. what? I'm fine now, and life is good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Good. Good. I think you're right. the best. So Thanks, thank man. you, Donnie, for talking with me. I really, really, really appreciate it. All right, there you have it, Donnie Iris. Pretty great, right? It makes me so happy. It's so comforting to know that these artists I love 
and respect, but who are slightly obscure, I guess, or not household names, are doing fine. Because they deserve to. And I can't think of very many artists I would want to be living their best life more than Donny Iris. I personally still don't understand why he wasn't a huge MTV star. That makes no sense given his songs and his sense of humor. He would have been perfect for early MTV, but it didn't work out. I don't know why. Uh, I wanted to close it out with another song of his, Does Not Compute. This He mentioned it earlier in the episode. So, as you guys know, I'm a big CD guy. And luckily, all a lot of his albums just came out on CD recently. So, I got to pick all those up. If you're a streamer, or you don't really know where to begin, I will tell you. He's got one of those 20th Century Masters best of uh, CDs that Universal were putting out for years with the Silver Spines. That is a as good as any... First place to start. All the great hits are on that. If you don't do anything else, at least do that. But all of the albums have their charms too. They're all worth checking out. Especially King of Cool, the second one. That's my favorite. So it's all out there now, finally. It's been really hard to find all these years. But it's now easier to find than ever before. So if nothing else, get your hands on or stream that Greatest Hits CD because it's a lot of fun. Next week's guest is another producer, and I will say it's one of the most enlightening and interesting conversations I think we've ever had or featured on this show. It is mind-blowing, and uh, it's mostly about one particular artist, although there's more to it than that, but it's a sincerely fascinating conversation, and you won't want to miss it, so come back for that. Huge thanks, as always, to Yan the Man Makevich, my right-hand man, for putting this together. Thank you, buddy, for all that you do. Oh, and I meant to say thank you to Mark Absek. That's Donnie's uh, musical partner, and we had Mark on here years ago, and thankfully Mark put me in contact with Donnie, and this was able to work out. You guys know you can find us on Facebook, you can like our page, you can send us a message on there, or you can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. We don't really have any bonus material coming up for a while, so it's all just the weekly Tuesday episodes. Thanks, everybody. We love you.